I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is senior care by design author, Dr. Stephen Morris. Senior care by design, the better alternative to institutional assisted living and memory care. Placing a loved one into assisted living facility can be an incredibly trying and emotional experience. It's an enormous decision that does not come lightly. Naturally, families are concerned with the quality of care that the seniors in their lives will be receiving and are reluctant to trust institutional senior care. According to Dr. Stephen Morris, an academic emergency medicine and public health specialist, small-scale senior care facilities are becoming viable options for families and providing a much-needed peace of mind. Small-scale senior care facilities are operated and supervised by a team of nurses, healthcare directors, and resident managers who ensure coordination of care, adequate staffing, finance management, compliance, marketing, and collaboration with outside health organizations and providers. It's exactly the type of intimate care that our elders deserve, says Dr. Morris. He's been featured in the New York Times, Associated Press, NPR, and 60 Minutes. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here, Dr. Morris. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, one of the things that stood out for me is the title of your book, Senior Care by Design. You usually don't hear senior care, assisted living, and memory care associated with design or the word design. I think that's obviously uh, really, really stands out. And so let's talk about that because uh, when we think of not just only the, as a, uh, the, the family going in, are making decisions to send their loved one to an assisted living facility. It's the person themselves, and uh, and it's terrifying. So let's start with that. So I think uh, many. I think the reality is that many people are thrown into this situation um, and end up with uh, haphazard decision making regarding. Uh, the facility with which their loved one is going to be uh, placed um, or move into. Um, and that's just a, a, a bad way to go about things. Um, it, it's much better to have more thought put into it, more planning. Um, and that goes all the way from uh, from what type of facility um, to where it's located to the special needs of the person. Um, and the idea of having design go through the entirety of the process um, from our standpoint with adult family homes, um, you know, we're looking at trying to recreate a home experience for uh, for the elder person who's moving into this facility and then um, and then designing the transition on the part of the family. So sort of from beginning to end, we, we think that it should be a thoughtful process. One of the things, obviously, that also has to come into play is the cost. And the first thing I thought of is, as a social worker has has worked in, in senior care facilities, not the one kind that you're talking about, but is that much more expensive? Is that going to be much more expensive for the family or the loved one? I mean, how does that, you know, have these small facilities, um, almost like designer facilities, which is what it sounds like. 
Yeah, well, the cost for elder care in general is tremendous, and it's gone up exponentially um, in the last decade, and it's um, it's predicted to continue to go up um, to the point where um, I think now uh, people are really struggling, and that's part of um, what our overall model has to offer. Um, a tragedy that we see over and over again is that um, people have worked their whole lives to um, to build a nest egg, to build buy a home, and to pay it off. Um, and then when they're in need of care, they are um, uh, placed in a facility and um, and go on spend down. And all of that capital um, it, of their whole life is is lost to their future generations. Um, they lose the home and they lose whatever savings they have um, in order to just. Um, get by um, uh, as they need to, and um, and then even worse than that, at times people become a burden to the to their children, and um, because the money runs out. And so one of the things that we um, we look at with the model of the adult family home is taking that home that um, that has been so. Um, uh, so difficultly earned over a lifetime and converting it into um, an adult family home and allowing the elderly person to stay in their home um, by uh, turning that into um, a business, a family business. Um, and uh, and that's kind of the, one of the models that we have um, that can, um, in a way, not only reduce the cost, but um, but you know mitigate the the loss of the overall capital of the of the family. So how whether or not uh, you know, to answer your I'm question, I'm going to stop directly, you there because I, what, I want to ask you sure. what how do you turn it into a family business? Yeah, so um, so most. Uh, People are not familiar with adult family homes, um, and uh, and the term is a little bit loose and, and and changes state to state as the regulations are different in state to state. But adult family home is um, is uh, a, uh, a a residential home in a residential neighborhood where there are a number of people living. Um, uh, in a in a group situation, uh, who are unable to live on their own, um, and in this particular conversation, we're talking about um, uh, elderly people who need some assistance, and the assistance can be pretty minimal. From they can do everything except for cook their own meals to um, something like memory care, where they're you know requiring a, a single provider uh, to provide care for them 24 hours a day. And these, uh, this group of people, and it's usually six to eight, and it changes state to state depending on licensing, um, are together. Um, and there's usually a residential um, uh, manager that lives within the home. Um, and then caregivers come and help out during the day, or sometimes there's two or even three uh, caregivers on 24 hours a day. Um, and so the way to transition the home um, from, uh, from a pure residence into an adult family home 
um, involves, uh, you know, some planning and, and hopefully engagement with, um, with professionals in the industry that know it. Um, there's, there's almost always some revision of the architecture that's required. Um, but actually, um, at times that can be quite minimal. Other times it's more extensive. Um, and then, um, you know, things like licensure and setting up the business. And it is a complex business model. Um, uh, but it, it, it works well. And, you know, if it's something that's done for profit, that's great. If it's something done to provide um, sort of a free um, uh, elder care for uh, for the person whose home it is, that's also great. Um, and so it's it, it's a model that um, that we've seen and helped implement uh, time and again, and, and it works. When you say it works, what's the response? Because I know sometimes this is problems or can be problems in communities where you hear adult homes that the response in the neighborhood or the community is not a good one. It's something that they yeah, yeah fight against. Yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I think people would be shocked to learn um, uh, just the number of homes within um, uh, the average communities. Um, these homes are there, and if you, unless you happen to be living right next to one, um, you might not even know that it's there. Um, the uh, the zoning and the um, and the licensure changes. You know, uh, um, you know, it's 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 regulated at the state level regarding the licensure, but then the zoning and whether or not the home is allowed in a certain area is is done at a more local level. Um, these are fairly benign institutions. Um, this is not a methadone clinic going in down the street from your house, um, uh, although there's need for that as well. But um, uh, but it, it, it's um, you know we're talking uh, you know maybe changing the footprint from um, a few people living uh, in the home to a few more and a little bit more coming and going. So the the disturbance to the neighborhood is is really minimal, if any. What, now let's get back to just talking about the uh, the clients or the patients who are there. Um, these small scale facilities. I mean, what it sounds like is that they do offer obviously a much more nur- nurturing environment that is as opposed to some big institution. Um, how many do we have uh, in the United States? I mean, is this a, a trend that, that we're going towards? Is it uh, practical? feasible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's tens of thousands across the United States. Um, and, uh, um, and again, people are, who are not, you know, living next to one probably don't realize that there are some within their, their community, their neighborhood. Um, it's definitely a trend that's, that's happening. Um, the numbers of homes that are being opened, um, is, is tremendous um, across the United States. Um, I think it's important to realize, and we talk a lot about this in the book, that um, baby boomers are coming into this age where they're going to increasingly need care. And, um, and the, you know, we talk of it as a wave. There is a wave of people who are going to require services um, and be at, unable to live independently anymore. And we just don't have the capacity as a country, and that's created um, it's created a, a bit of a um, 
financial incentive for um, for the um, the big players on Wall Street, um, you know, venture capital, for example, to get involved in the industry and to start pouring money into it, and largely they're putting the money into um, into these big facilities and. The facilities, the large facilities, um, uh, are uh, what we think of when we think of elder care, but they're not necessarily what we should be thinking of when we think of what we want for our family members. Um, they uh, they can be great. They can have a lot of services, um, and uh, and the quality of the care there can be terrific. Um, but more often than not, um, it's it's not. And I think as Wall Street kind of enters into this into this business market, um, you know, the, the push for profits is going to just reduce the quality even further. The adult family homes, on the other hand, these tend to be family-run businesses, even um, even businesses that, that work uh, with our company. Um, you know, they're still owned and operated by individuals. Um, often the individuals are living um, in the home or a family member of those individuals is living in the home. And so it's just a completely different model, um, uh, and it, it it's just a, a I'd describe it as a kind of a loving environment versus um, you know a corporate um, run large facility. Um, so uh, these these there are more of everything coming, and the need is undoubtedly going to outstrip the um, uh, what what's present and and probably what's uh, uh, you know, coming as well. I, I'm picturing as you're describing it. You know, you're picturing the these small adult homes in suburbs and commute or me, medium-sized cities. How does that work, or does it in in major cities, big metropolitan areas? Yeah. So, um, so it, it, it can be a challenge. Um, you know, these are tend to be suburban. Um, uh, you know, uh, homes that we're talking about, um, you know, a home with a yard. Um, uh, and so generally speaking, the, the larger facilities, um, uh, for the most part are also in the suburbs. Um, so, you know, there's not a great inner city model for this. Um, uh, I think, you know, there could be situations where people have a, um, you know, a, a, a facility, you know, have a residence that, that could potentially be, you know, remodeled um, in, a, in such a way. Um, but these tend to be things that are a little bit on the periphery of the cities. You talk about in the book there are, t- t- uh, well, top five things to look for when choosing a senior care facility. So what are some of those things that we should be looking for when you're looking for a facility for a loved one, an elder? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I think that, uh, first and foremost is, um, you need to, um, to just see where the facility is. Um, and it needs to be in a place where, um, you know, you're going to be able to visit and, you know, the grandparent is going to be able to see their grandkids, uh, on a, on, you know, uh, on a regular basis. And that's another thing where the adult family home has a superiority to, um, to the larger facilities is that it can, be in every neighborhood. Uh, we have people who have loved ones that are just around the block, um, which is, you know, the ideal. So, you know, is that is that facility that you're looking at, um, you know, viable with regards to uh, to seeing uh, seeing your loved one? 
The second thing I would say that's most important is to go and visit and, um, you know, uh, and utilize your, your heuristics, you know, um, get a feel for the place. Is this someplace that, um, that seems to fit well with, um, with how you imagine, um, you know, a loving environment to, to be for, for your, your elder um, family member? Um, and, and wouldn't it and then, also be one, a good idea go to, um, I'm thinking, you know, when one is just purchasing a house, one should do this, but go to the facility at different times during the day when people are eating, when people mm-hmm. are sleeping, when they're doing their activities, maybe OT or PT. I don't know if that's included, but um, to, to not just a, a one visit, but several visits at yeah. different, yeah. If you can, if you can, that that is the ideal. You know, this is people. Um, given the the, um, the enormous nature of this decision, right? This is a shockingly expensive, you know, shockingly major life decision, and people don't um, they don't take it as seriously um, as as they should. Um, and you know, unfortunately, most. I don't know about most, but many times this is left till the absolute last minute and people are kind of forced into a decision. Um, so if you can get out in front and you can, um, you know, you can kind of do your due diligence early, um, then, uh, you know, you're going to end up with a lot better um, process. People spend more time purchasing a car um, uh, than they they do kind of looking into this, um, into these facilities. And that's, that's just... Um, it's unfortunate. You're saying be ahead. prepared. I mean, you know, you have someone who's at a certain age. I mean, you can and and uh, take a look at these facilities, not just when the crisis occurs, but long before. Have it in mind. I mean, you're not necessarily doing anything immediately. And I, I think that is the key if you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one of the things, uh, too, is that, you know, it's... Um, you know, with our adult family homes, you know, the numbers are small, um, uh, but we're working towards having a more, uh, you know, uh, consistency within the industry um, so that, you know, you can get a sense of what the home is like. And then um, uh, and then hopefully uh, at the time when when you're wanting to move in, um, you know, there's an opening in that facility. If, you know, if you're working within a group of Group, uh, a group of adult family homes, you know you're going to get the same level of quality, um, even though you're not um, necessarily the exact same one. Um, but again, location is, is very important. So. Uh, um, Dr. Morris, what about the psychosocial aspects of it? If you're in a big institution, let's say, and you're going to be there for a long time, you may have a lot of choices of people you want to associate with, some you like, some you don't like, who you want to eat with. When you have a small facility and you have, you know, what what you said, ideally six to eight people, um, and then you maybe don't get along and you're kind of stuck with just a small group of people, um, is that an issue? Yeah, I mean, I think to, to be to be frank, um, you know, there are benefits of of, of, of the larger model, and and you've you've hit on one right there. Um, I I would turn that around uh, a little bit and say that you know those big facilities can also be isolating and you know and daunting, um, uh, and so um, so there you know there. Are, positives and negatives on, on both sides. 
One thing I would say is that um, one of the challenges we see is that in the larger facilities, the staff move around a tremendous amount. And, um, you know, as someone who's going to be needing care, you're going to be very involved with the staff members. Um, and to have a different staff member all the time, um, as opposed to a consistent um, cohort, um, uh, you know, of staff, uh, of caregivers, um, is one of the benefits of the adult family home over the bigger facilities. Um, in some of the big facilities, you're talking one staff member to 22 residents, um, which is, um, you know, there there's no way to develop those kind of um, caregiver uh, bonds. Um, and then um, with regards to, um, to uh, socialization, one of the benefits that adult family has, homes do have over the bigger facilities is just the ease with which um, activities can be done. Of course, this has been really limited in the last few years with COVID, but hopefully we're, we're moving out of that. But in terms of, um, you know, doing activities um, and doing tailored activities, you know, going, uh, it, it, you know, uh, on outings and things like that, you know, you just can't beat the smaller um, facilities ability to do that. You know, it's, it's a matter of like, all right, well, let's all get, get, get going. What do we want to do versus a large facility where you're really limited um, by the activities of the group? Um, so, but uh, certainly, you know, I, I, I hear your point and, and, and I agree there, there are definitely some people who, who may thrive um, in that, um, you know, in that kind of large group atmosphere. So then the reality is, though, as Americans, we choose... As Americans, we choose to live in single-family homes when we can, and so uh, so I think it, it's a it's closer model to what people choose for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I, I was thinking of in terms of you're talking about baby boomers, you know, going to college. Some people fare well in small colleges, and other ones like huge universities, depending on their own mm -hmm. personalities. And and I, I think one of the things that uh, that really isn't taken into account when you're putting your loved one in a, a facility is their own personalities because they aren't just yep. elderly people. They, they are unique personalities with, you know, different likes and dislikes and, and, you know, all sort of the things you've been talking about. So that has to be really important too. Does that person fit in a small facility or in a huge, you know, in a big institution? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think that's something that um, engagement, you know, and, and uh, you know, decision making um, and knowing that person, um, you know, those are very important. I think there are some people that would certainly choose one versus the other. In the beginning, I mentioned, well, it's it's uh, well, it's in the title of your book. We're talking about assisted living and memory care. Not everybody knows what memory care means. Can you explain that to us? What kind of is what, what does that mean in terms of a living? Yeah. Facility? Yeah. So the, there's unique challenges to people that have, um, you know, memory issues. Um, and uh, it can go from something, you know, quite simple to, um, you know, just uh designing a, um, a space and activities that uh, reinforce um, comforting items uh, such as, you know, kind of reorienting the person so that they don't have that sense of, of disorientation, which can be, um, you know, distressing, um, uh, to a situation where, um, where someone is really requiring, um, you know, 24-hour care um, uh, because they're, um, 
you know, their cognitive abilities have deteriorated such that they, um, you know, are not able to do even the basic um, uh, types of things. So with regards to, um, you know, to our facilities, Dell Family Homes, um, you know, there are things that um, that are helpful. Um, for one is that the environment itself is, is um, not as chaotic um, and is not as uh, frenetic as it can be in a very large facility. It's smaller. It's a home. For example, um, you know, uh, there's less um, there's less risk of kind of the the wandering off behavior um, that creates a lot of problems. Um, you can imagine with 22 uh, residents to one caregiver, um, you know, the the um, ability to keep track of people who may not uh, have uh, memory to to remember where they are or what they're doing, um, you know, is is, is possible. Um, versus Morris, I have I hate facility. to interrupt, and I would like yeah, to go on, but we have one minute left, so we're going to have to leave. Oh gosh, okay. yeah, I know it goes by very quickly, and we obviously want people to read the book. So there's so much more in the book than what we've been talking about. So give us a website or websites we can go to. And uh, yeah, I think I, I think that the um, the easiest way to do it is to just look um, on our. Um, uh, on Amazon, buy it via Amazon, of course. Um, uh, but uh, adult family care, uh, adult family home senior care, um, is our um, is our company, um, and uh, it's just the initials. Um, uh, and uh, hopefully they can get it off uh, off of your site as well. But if you go to um, uh, Senior Care by Design um, uh, on Amazon, that's the easiest way to get the book. Great. Dr. Stephen Morris, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, it was my pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 